Hello and welcome to another episode of Balls and Brew, the flagship sports podcast of the Morgan You Know Podcast Network. My name is Rod Morgan. I am your host. Jimmy Jamriska is the producer of this and every podcast on this network. Joining me, as he does for every episode of Balls and Brew, my co-host from North Carolina, number, we don't really wear numbers, but he's bald like Michael Jordan. It's Chris King. Chris, hello. Hello, internet. Hey, Rod, how's it going? It's number 20. Oh, you know, it's number 20? Okay, I was going to say, you know I'm excited because, I mean, this is the NBA preview <laughs> pod. I mean, like, there's few things that get me as excited as NBA. Like, not even Christmas can get me as excited as the NBA. Listen, season, you have been Christmas. pumped for this for, like, two to three months. Yeah, I mistakenly said NBA a couple of times during the NFL pods with Williams. Like, I've just always had the NBA on my mind. And somebody else who always has the NBA on their mind joining us this year for the season preview podcast. He's been on a time or two before. His name is Pete Bird. Pete, hello. Hey, what's going on, fellas? We are excited to have you on here with us, Pete, because frankly, I mean, you're the only person on this podcast that played any basketball above even the high school level. So, I mean, you certainly <laughs> you bring in a little bit of class to this basketball show. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All Adult right, Church uh, League doesn't count? No, Chris, it does not count. It does not count. It really doesn't. Because, listen, the Church does League count, that you Chris, played in back in the 40s, that. back in the 40s, Chris, there wasn't that kind of competition, all right? <laughs> all right, let's start uh, Let's start here. Let's just go with there was, uh, there was one to two dominant storylines of the offseason, and we will obligatorily have to touch on those a little bit later. But let's not start there. Let's start with the storyline that we are most looking forward to as the NBA season begins. And, Pete, you are the guest here, so you get to start us off, my man. Hey, Rod, I'm looking forward to the shuffling of the deck. You know, new faces, new places like anybody is. But the storyline that I'm really paying attention to is the Drogic Lowry flip flop, you know, Miami, Toronto, because I don't believe in Toronto, even the year they won it. But I really think um, maybe Lowry and Miami could work with that squad. So we'll see. But that's the storyline I'm looking at. I like that one an awful lot because I find the Miami Heat very intriguing every year. And if there's a guy in the NBA that I thought could fit great with Heat culture, his name was Jimmy Butler, and he's already there. But if there was a second guy that I thought would fit great with sure, Heat culture, yeah. it's Kyle Lowry, and now they have him. Yeah. I like that. I like that one. And then Drogic, too, I think is interesting because not only is are the Raptors maybe going to try to surprise, because, Pete, I would, I would tend to agree with you that, you know, the Raptors, they seem like they could be faulty, but I must admit I have money on them in Vegas to just make the playoffs, so I'm hoping that they have a bit of a bounce-back year. But even if they do, they could be trading Goran Dragic as an attempt to bolster their roster and move on. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? <laughs> Well, I hope not. I hope to be able to make it back and cash that bet in, as well as a couple of others that I'll touch on as we as we go throughout this one. But uh, Chris, no how about you, man? No what storyline are you looking forward to? So this is – I'm going to play the homer card again. Um, I've been shocking. a Pacers fan. Oh, of course, it, of course it's not shocking. But I've been a Pacers fan forever. And these last couple years have been iffy. We haven't had the superstars. We haven't. We've tried to have a team, and I know the Pacers are probably the one of the most underreported on team in the NBA. The most bypassed team in the NBA. No one seems to talk about them. But this has this team actually has the potential, I think, to play greater than the sums of their parts. Um, the East is going to be awfully tough this year. It's still going to be hard for them to crack that top six. 
Um, especially top six. With, top listen, six. We've got if, them in different tiers, I think. That'll be interesting I, when we get I'm there. I'm talking about best case scenario. They're going to be pushed in to try to get in the top six. I don't think that's best case scenario. I do think that they do have an opportunity to play better than the sum of their parts. I think it's a cohesive unit. It's a young unit. Uh, they got guys that can really ball. Uh, this Duarte rookie looks like he is going to be legit this year. Uh, I'll right out the gate. So I see a lot of upside and it's a team that not a lot of people are talking about it. Um, I think they can surprise a lot of teams in the East if they can stay healthy and they can work together. They got Rick Carlisle, which you guys kind of sold me on earlier uh, in the year when we were talking about it. So I think this team can surprise a lot of people. He's a he's a stone cold solid NBA coach, and I think the Indianapolis market is the perfect place for a for a Rick Carlisle. He's not going to have to get grilled by as many media as he did in Dallas. He's not going to have to deal with a, a joker like Mark Cuban, as he sees it. Right, I'm a big Mark yeah. Cuban fan, but he sees it. Cuban's a bit of a joker, right? Yeah, the, uh, he overshadows the, the team. Yeah, the Simons are not going to be doing any of that. You know what I mean? Kevin Pritchard, you know, he buys the groceries for you, but he's not a real out front there GM anyway. And these are a lot of young guys that, frankly, are hungry to make something themselves in the NBA. And Rick Carlisle is the kind of guy that some of them might buy in and listen to. Pete, I know you're a bit of a Pacers supporter. What do you think about their chances this year? I think it's the one year that the Pacers have where, you know, hopefully everyone's healthy going in. And there's not going to be a trade at the deadline for us this year. You know what I'm saying? Being an Indiana native. I shouldn't say us, but what I mean is that we got the pieces this time and we have a bench. We've got the coach back that I think – how many coaches walk away from a player like Luca and come back to the Pacers? So I'm in full support of this movement. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into that more later with the seedings. But I think it, it, they're going to be better than a lot of people think. And shots out to Chris for saying that too. But um, I really like what they did in the draft. They re-signed T.J. McConnell off the bench. And, uh, you know, I really like the direction they're going. That dude's an Indiana Pacer if there ever was one, right, T.J. McConnell? I mean, come on, yeah. the Pacers are just littered in their history of trading for white dudes, you know what I mean? So you knew T.J. McConnell was going to do well there, just like McDermott did. <laughs> yeah, and bo- both of those guys, Rod, are coaches' sons. Let's not forget that. So, Right? That's a that's a that's a key uh, a key good thing and for in Indiana. Uh, for that means a whole lot in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sure does. It sure does. All right. Well, let's uh, let's something that'll hint to the seating a little bit here. Who do we think is going to end up with the best regular season record? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that's who we're predicted to be our champion. But who do we think is going to have the best regular season record? Chris, we'll start you here. I don't see any way that the Jazz don't repeat as that. Okay. I think, I think, I mean, they didn't do, they definitely aren't worse. And they are as solid as they were last year. They are a cohesive team. They are deep. They know how to work the regular season. That team is legit good. I think some bad breaks in the playoffs last year hurt them. I think they're going to have a top record again this year, even in the top loaded West. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Do you like a Do you like a Rudy Gay? Do you think Rudy Gay is going to be able to help them a little bit? Do you like uh, Pascal? Those are two uh, key Jazz additions in the off season. Uh, I don't. They don't. They're not detrimental to the team. I don't think you're going to rely on them for much. Um, I don't think you can rely I don't know, man. on Rudy, Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay's Rudy Gay's been a sneaky good small ball four for like four years in San Antonio, and nobody's cared. Yeah, I mean, have you really cared about Rudy since he left Portland? 
Rudy's yeah. one of those guys that like he's he's like the permanent Ewing theory guy. Like somehow teams always get better after Rudy Gay leaves. It's just like one of those things, <laughs> right? I mean, he's I, in Toronto he's get... now. Toronto's a champion. He was in Memphis and he was there right before grit and grind. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like whenever Rudy Gay gets shipped out of town, you're it, you're you're looking up. If he can give you a plus rating in the fifteen to twenty minutes that he's going to play, then you got to call that a win. So he's not going to be detrimental. Listen to you, plus rating. I wondered when you were going to stick getting all stat nerd on us. So that's my boy. Getting it just, up. just Pete, wait till how- we get to the Bulls. <laughs> Pete, how about you, man? Who do you think is going to get the most regular season wins? I got Denver, Rod. I'm riding with the Nuggets. nice. Um, yeah, I uh, I think that uh, Jokic and Jamal Murray together, man, that's a heck of a combination. They, you know, they still got Porter, which we haven't seen the best from, but. I really think in the NBA, by the third year, you see who players are, and that's who they're going to be, and that's going to be that year for Porter. I think they're going to be really good. Yeah, I agree with you. You want to talk cohesion, Chris. You want to talk a team that's been together for a while, right? That's the Nuggets, other than a few key parts, and right, Murray's yeah. going to be out for a little while, and that's that's. But then Eric Gordon is going to now have a whole off season, right? Even more time to be with those guys. He's got the contract now. I just think we're probably going to see the best of Aaron Gordon this year, and we really we didn't see too much out of him last year. Yeah, no, we didn't. And you're probably right. And that is a, it's another solid, cohesive team out in the West that's going to be tough to beat. So, I, I mean, it's a good call. I don't think they'll win more than the Jazz, but that's still a solid, good team. And the Joker is the reigning MVP, so why wouldn't they be in the running for the best team? Right. Well, I love that you mentioned MVP there. I'm going to go back to a guy who won back-to-back MVPs before the Joker won an MVP, and that's Giannis. He's now an NBA champ. I mean, we just saw the Bucks when they finally decided, oh, oh, this is what we are. They were awfully, awfully tough to beat. And I know it's only one game, but we saw them look pretty darn good in their ring ceremony night, which teams have a tendency to look flat in. Like, I think we're looking at the best of Giannis Antetokounmpo right now. I think the Bucks even got a little bit better. And I think the East, while there's a scrum for who's going to make the bottom of the playoffs, I think the East is a little bit... You know, other than the Bucks and the Nets at the top, you can beat anybody in the East. So I just think the Bucks are going to run up some victories, a lot of nights versus teams that aren't going to want to play. And Giannis always wants to play. So give me the Bucks. The only problem I have, and this isn't necessarily a knock on the Bucks, it's a knock on picking any team in the East. The East beats up on each other through the regular season. It is tough to come out of the East with the best record in the NBA. Who's bigger and better than Giannis, though? I'm Chris? just saying, when was the last time you saw an East team? Have the best record in the NBA, but the Bucks are just huge. The Bucks did it a couple. Michael years ago, Jordan didn't they? was still playing. Yeah, That's I the think last the Bucks time. Did it a couple years ago. I, I maybe I don't know. It would have been close. the Bucks are huge. Middleton's huge. Giannis is huge. Brooke Lopez is huge. Drew Holiday is big. I mean, the Bucks are just big and imposing. And I think Grayson Allen is a sneaky great signing for them oh, because you no. don't need a lot when you're the Bucks, Chris. You don't need a lot. You need a guy like Grayson Allen who's going to bury three pointers, and you need a guy like George Hill who's not going to want a minutes but can come in and not get you in any trouble and move the offense. I think those are sneaky great signings for the Bucks. Give me the Bucks all day. Grayson Allen is a distraction. How is he a distraction? Ask Memphis he's, if he's a distraction. He's going to Memphis doesn't up put somehow. up with that kind of stuff, Chris, and he got a lot of minutes for them last year. Mm, he's not. Hey, there can I say either, something he? here about Grayson? Go Allen. ahead, Pete. I'm not a fan, but I do want to say the Pat Connaughton role has worked in Milwaukee, and I think that's what they're seeing with that signing. I mean, it's hard for me to root for any Duke player. They got three Pat Connaughtons because uh, Dante DiVincenzo is going to come back at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Good point. Yeah. 
they got three of them dudes up in Milwaukee, so they're all going to be. It's going to be which whichever white boy wins, and just stick them all in the middle of the ring. It's going to be like Gladiator days up there. Whoever, whoever hot is staying in the game. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Why not? When your bootenholes are just roll with them that way. All right, so let's flip to the other side, Chris. This is another one of your favorite uh, topics, but we'll start with uh, Pete here. We'll let him get the first gnaw at the bone. So, Pete, who's actively not going to be trying to win this year? Because tanking something we hear a lot about in the NBA. Okay, so. I have Detroit in the east. I have Minnesota. And then I also got Houston, OKC, and Orlando. Orlando, absolutely. OKC, absolutely. Really, you think Minnesota doesn't want to win? I find that pretty interesting. I think it'll be uh, Towns gets traded this year. And I think it'll be the whole year. I think Minnesota wants to win. I just don't think Minnesota can win. Ooh, all right. Well, what some Minnesota talk's going to come up later. Then when we talk when we talk playoff seeds, then some Minnesota talk's going to come up when we do when we do that. So I like that, Chris. Do you agree with that list? Do you add any to that list? What do you think of it? Yeah, I, for some reason I had a long list on this with uh, a team that teams that just didn't look like they were trying hard enough or or wanting to do much. I mean, Detroit's obviously still building for the future. They definitely don't want to win. They want another lottery pick. Um, I think the Rockets are another team that. Definitely does not want to win. They want to get another lottery pick. Uh, the Rockets exist for one reason, Chris, and one reason only this year, and that's to give Jalen Green and Michael Porter Jr. All, or Kevin Porter Jr. Excuse me, all the shots they want. Those dudes are both going to be trying to get thirty up a game. They may well be able to as well. Um, I don't think Cleveland's looking to win. They already refused to extend Sexton, which I was, which was a little bit surprising to me. Um, not so it, it's not like they're looking to to build on the team they have. You know, Kevin Love is aging and is going to be out of the league here soon. So I don't see them wanting to win. Uh, Orlando, of course, I agree with that. Like I said, Minnesota, I think wants to win, but I don't think they can win. They've been doing that for twenty years now. Well, I think any team with D'Angelo Russell has a tough time winning. I think that's just been proven over his career. I mean, it's 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 the same thing over and over and over again in Minnesota. Uh, a great, versatile big man, whether it's Kevin Garnett, Kevin Lug, Cat, but not a team around them to do anything. There's right. one factor you're not taking into account with the Wolves, and I'll tell you about that when we get to the Wolves later. That's a tease. <laughs> So, yeah, I also don't think the Wizards really, they want to win enough. They want to win enough to keep Beal around, but I don't think they want to win where they get into the bottom uh, level of the playoffs. I think they want to be in that lottery. I think the Wizards are the epitome of the Razor's Edge team, right? Where, like, if things break well for them, then they're going to just keep trying to win. But if things don't go well, they're not going to say to themselves, oh, man, I'm so disappointed because they definitely would take another lottery pick. But I think they're I think they're ready to give it a shot. they got a lot of kind of vets up on that team. They're ready to give it a shot, I think. All right, I, I agree on all of that except for a couple. I think, uh, I think the San Antonio Spurs are not – tanking because that's just not in Popovich or the Spurs nature but like what are the Spurs I think that they're necessarily they they don't really want to win or know exactly what they are or have any aspirations that they're going to win a lot of games so I think you can almost put the Spurs there which sounds crazy but that's that's just kind of where they are and I think the Magic are just hopeless. Chris, you said nobody talks or covers the Pacers. I think the Orlando Magic were kind of like, hold my beer. They were kind of saying to you, like, wait a minute, nobody ever talks about us or cares about us. Yeah, if you're a Magic fan, that's what you want, though. You <laughs> that's want to probably st- true. 
That's probably true. All right. Now we just, I did that to transition because I'm a good podcast host from people who got too much press this off season were both Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving and the Ben Simmons situation. Maybe it's hand has been dealt a little bit more information we have now that Pete and I did not have. And this is something I haven't told anybody yet. This is our second attempt to get our NBA preview out. We lost the first one to the internet. So the first time we did this and I had the question of, when will Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving play and who was completely up in the air. But perhaps now we have a little bit more clarity, but we're still going to cover it here real quick. Chris, let's go with you. What do you think? I don't think Ben is going to play in Philadelphia. I mean, I think it certainly looks that way right, right now. Yeah. Um, he can't come back and make it through three practices without getting booted. Really? I mean, that does not bode well. You don't have your best player and teammates say I don't care about that man and think you're still going to be able to come into the locker room with any type of respect or or faith from your teammates um I think Ben Simmons is in a worse position than what Kyrie's in um Kyrie hasn't been bad-mouthed by his teammates uh Kyrie is still uh, a real solid NBA top tier point guard um that even if he can't get back on the Nets. There's going to be teams pushing the Nets to trade him because they can play him. Um, and I see that happening probably quicker than whatever the Sixers want for Simmons. Good luck with that noise, man. Kyrie said he'd retire if the Nets traded him. You don't want any part of that head case, dude. I think I think there's a very good chance Kyrie never plays for anybody else again before I would say there's a chance he gets traded. I don't know. I don't know. It's... I mean, he is making nineteen million for not doing anything. That's that's a tough gig to like walk away from. <laughs> um, he's not going to get his game checks if he doesn't play in games. The NBA already ruled a, on that beginning of the year. Yeah, but he ha- in his contract he gets paid half of his thirty three million or whatever it is at the beginning or, or the middle of the summer. Oh sure, uh, no, I'm not saying the guy's starving. I'm just saying he's yeah. not going to get he's not going to get all of his money every game he plays no, in that he's he loses not about to play in. he loses about fourteen to fifteen million. All right. Pete, let me ask you this. Were you as shocked as I am basically to see this Ben Simmons situation end this way, that none of his teammates have his back? Because every time we've seen one of these holdout situations and all across sports, we always see the teammates say, oh, man, that's just business. I support him. But Ben is not getting that. Are you as surprised as I am to see that that's the way it broke? Originally, I was surprised. But when I heard that they tried to fly out there and he didn't want them to come, and then he thought he could just show up and everything would be everything. I'm not surprised now. No, and he's trying to practice with a phone in his pocket is what I heard. So I'm not surprised, Rod. Like you said, though, there is new information coming out every day. But I think, and even Kyrie, these guys are untradeable. I mean, who's going to – when you do this to a locker room, your trade value diminishes, and it's not the way to go out. I mean, that's why they don't play guys when they're trying to trade them because they don't want you to see the flaws. But these are off-the-court flaws, so I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just – to me, it's absolutely insane. Chris, I mean, I know it's going to be hard for you to put your 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 old mind in the head of somebody <laughs> like Ben Simmons and all of the people around him. But, like, how is somebody not saying to him that, like, yeah, no, 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 Ben, I get that you want to be traded, man. Like, I get all of that. But really the best thing for you to do is everything <coughs> – excuse me – different than you're doing now. Yeah. No, it's – so it's also unfortunate that apparently the Nets thought or the Sixers thought that they could get that asking price through the offseason. 
Like, they knew that this was a possibility and them losing even more. And there's no one that's going to even come close to the offer they were asking for. What do they want? Three first rounds and three second rounds or something crazy. Yeah. But Simmons? I think that was, that was a fake Daryl Morey trade though, right there. That was, that was just again, another play to try to get the leverage the same way that clutch tried to get the leverage by saying he was going to hold out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But like, it just shot themselves in the foot doing that. Cause now they're dealing with what they're dealing with now. See, but I, Pete, I want to go here with I want to go here with you because I think you're gonna you're gonna agree with me on this one, right? Adam Silver was sort of asked about this the other day, and he he basically he didn't like put a huge stamp of disapproval on the situation, but he also didn't completely wave his hand either, which is what Silver's been famous for ever since he took over for Stern that the players can just get away with whatever he want. He said that a situation like this, where a guy who has four years left on his contract on a team that is a contender. Okay, and with nothing we can point to of any kind of Latrell Sprewell situation where a choke coached, where a choke got coached, a coach got choked, excuse me, or we can't talk about a Bobby Portis situation where a player punched another player in the face. We have nothing like that for Ben Simmons. This guy just says his feelings are hurt. I'm not going to play for you. You have to trade me, but you also have to pay me. Yeah, like this is, I think this was inevitable with the way the NBA has no, done right. their guaranteed contracts and allowed these teams and players to demand things at will, um, you know, demand trades, seeing people get what they want when they want it is going to empower more players to try to do more, whether they're legitimate reasons for wanting out or not. Um, I think this was an inevitable thing to happen and whether this is just still in the beginning phases or it's going to continue to get worse is yet to be seen but i don't they're gonna to have to do something different and whether that's limiting the guarantees in the contracts much like the nfl there's a lot of talk of language in the contract that if you demand a trade right kind of like you yeah. get escalators for certain accolades if you demand a trade it de-escalates and certain guarantees go away there's a lot of talk of that out there and what i think is i just I understand what you're saying, and I understand we're in the pro player, and players should be able to play where they want, and you know, guys should not just be, you know, use like property the way that they sort of were in the old days of professional sports. I get all of that, right? But at the same time, I think we've gone, yeah, <laughs> we've gone a little far here with the Ben Simmons situation. All right, we've gone a little far with the Ben Simmons situation here, and I appreciate that the Sixers have taken the hard line with him and tried to set up a precedent, right? Because we live in such a legal society these days that the NBA is setting a precedent that no, you cannot do this. You actually cannot sign a contract and then with a year later just say, no, this team is terrible. They treat me terrible and I have to get out of here for my mental health. We're not we're not going to have that. We're not not listening about mental health, but you're going to have to do more than what Ben Simmons has done to prove that there's actually something going on with you other than you just want a new fresh start. Exactly. You got all these guaranteed contracts and you have coaches, teams, and players all treated them like they're not really contracts. Like it's starting to become quite comical. Like really, like if there should be a, there should be multiple classes across the country in these law schools that, that look at how NBA handles contracts and be like, this is not how it's going to work in the real world in front of a judge. So, 
Like it is, it's just crazy. Like you can just decide not to honor a contract at any time, whether you're a coach, a team, a player, it's, it's leaking into college basketball, especially with coaches. Yeah. I would tend to agree with you. It's just, it's, it's one of those things that the NBA is going to have to do something about. And ultimately what I would say, the Ben situation is going to, the Ben Simmons situation will end this way. Somebody's going to get desperate and give Daryl Morey pretty darn close to what he's asking for. Or Daryl Morey's going to get desperate and be like, all right, I got to get this guy out of here. Let me get something for him. I mean, I just think that that's where we're headed. I just think there's no way he plays for the Sixers, but I don't know that it's going to get wrapped up anytime soon. It reminds me of the Aaron Rodgers situation, to be honest with you. I mean, remember we spent all summer hearing about this story, and all of a sudden he's playing quarterback for the Packers. So, you know, I'm paying attention to it, but I'm really not worried about it in the rankings because – I mean, the guy just doesn't score a lot, so I don't know why he gets a max contract for what he does, but, I mean, that's a culture. I like that. I like that thought a lot, too. That'll be reflected in my uh, Sixers thoughts. So uh, when we go to uh, what we're about to do here where we talk about the teams that are in the top six in each each conference instead of the top eight, we have to do that now because of the play-in format. So, Chris, let me ask you, one year into the play-in format, what do you think of it? You don't like it, huh? You're such a curmudgeon. I don't like it. Um, listen, listen. There's, there's two ways I think they should handle the playoffs. One, either to keep it the way where it's eight teams from each conference get in. That's greater than fifty percent already of the league. Um, that gives plenty of teams an opportunity. Um, I think you either keep it that way or. Or you do it a la European soccer style, which Silver has actually tried to bring up. And that's an in-season tournament that starts at the beginning of the year and goes throughout the whole season. Every team is involved. There are three-game series. And then you get to the semifinals and finals in the postseason, and that's your championship. So that's the two ways you got to do it. That's absolutely ridiculous. I cannot believe you just brought European soccer into the NBA preview. I'm so disappointed. You're not going to be able to talk for a couple of seconds. Pete, bring us back. So bring us back. What do you think of the play-in format? All right, so initially I agreed with Chris, but I was talking to my brother about it a little bit more because I want to be educated. And I agree with what he was saying in that what it does is it gives us three or four more teams a year in each conference that don't tank because, let's be honest, even though with the play-in format there's 10 teams that get in, but there's 11 to 13 teams contending. So it really leads to less tanking. So, you know, two years in, I'm a fan of it. I wasn't the first year. I kind of see it more in the second year, but we'll see what it does moving forward. But I would say yes right now. You Chris, you got to know, Chris. You, no, no, no. You had your you had your time for your nonsense <laughs> about three different tournaments throughout the year and European soccer. The the grand game is the only oh, one that wow. actually gets this professional sport right. You had your time. You got to take this thing on what's positive and what's negative. And if the positives outweigh the negatives, then the thing wins. And what you get is last year one of the most watched games of all of the regular season and playoffs was the Lakers versus the Warriors because it was a game that had stakes one game had stakes it was like an ncaa tournament game that game was awesome it had tension throughout the whole entire thing and you don't see that in enough nba games in my opinion so that is great and two is exactly what pete just said you have a the sacramento kings the sacramento kings chris thought they had a chance at the playoffs the entire year last year do you know how good that is for the nba when the kings can't tank it listen i am just about for anything that curbs tanking because that's one of my 
biggest things I hate in all of sports. It's it's really unacceptable to me. Um, and I really think the leagues, not just the NBA, I mean, it's definitely the worst. Maybe it's a little bit worse than baseball, but like these leagues have got to do something to keep fans interested in their teams the entire season. And, that's and the NBA making, just did, and you said it was garbage. I said that I don't necessarily like just the play-in game. I don't think it does enough, really. If you allow every team a chance to win with a year-long tournament, however you want to do it, maybe not even be a year-long, but have every team available. I don't, how many, how team, many years do you think we'd have to run a tournament for this current version of the Orlando Magic to end up on top? <laughs> um, they... they they need another like two years in a row of getting a number one pick where they can get a. We have to run thirty seven different <laughs> scenarios to get the Thunder V Magic. I mean, this is nonsense that you're talking about. We are we are moving on. The play in format is absolutely good because Chris, you just strengthened Pete and I's argument by saying the NBA should curb tanking, and Pete and I just explained to you how the play in format helps curb tanking. So thank you for proving our argument. Oh, here we go. Regularly, like that'll ever happen. Like you can go to an owner in this country, right? The rich people that own teams in this country and be like, yeah, hey, you know how you just got a cut of all that NBA and ESPN money? Now you don't. Good luck selling that one, Chris. All right, let's move on to something that's going to spark even more debate because now we're all hot and we're ready to go. What we're going to do is we're going to pick each conference out and we're going to give our pick for who the top six is. These teams are safe and guaranteed to be in the playoffs no matter what. Then we'll give you four other teams that we think will be involved in the play-in format. Now, I didn't rank these in any particular order. I just have my six and my four. Are you guys the same? Yeah, my four is a little muddled. (laughs) All right. Do you guys want to start in the east or the west? Do you have any particular preference? Doesn't matter. All right, then I'm going to say let's start in the West because I usually start in the East. Let's start in the West. Let's start in the West. All right. I'm going to guess that we have three max of the same top six teams. What's your guess, Chris? Uh, I'm going to say we have at least four of the same top teams. Wow. Pete, how about you? I say four or five. All right. Here, let's do, let's do it this way. I'll just name a team. Four or five. All right. I'll name a team. You guys tell me if you have them in your top six. We'll, we'll just do it that way. We'll see here. Do you guys have the Suns in your top six? Yes. Yes. Do you guys have the Jazz in your top six? Yes. Yes. Do you have the Nuggets in your top six? Yes. Yes. All right. There's our three. Now, here's four or five. This is what you know. Is it? I'll go here. Is it the Lakers? Do you have the Lakers in your top six? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's four. All right. How about this one? I'll move on to how about the Warriors? Do you have the Warriors in your top six? Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This is like deal or no deal. This is incredible. All right. So far, we have five of the same six. Here we go. It comes down to this pick right here. Do you have the Mavs in your top six? No. Oh, no. Okay. All right. There there it is. So, Pete, you were right. You said we could have five, and we did. We have five of the six. I have the Mavs. Pete, the floor is yours. Who's your sixth team? Uh, I have Memphis. Memphis, the Grizz. I love it. Yeah, I got Memphis. All right, you don't. I mean, you don't. You don't have any. You don't want to build their case anymore. You just want to. You just want to say you got Memphis. Come on, you gotta have. You gotta have one little nugget you can give the people. Uh, I just think that um, John Morant, <clears throat> he's a great point guard, and uh, I don't think it matters how they shuffle the deck there. They're just gonna find a way to get it done. I, uh, I'm looking at teams like the Clippers and. Dallas and what they did in the offseason and just not that impressed and uh, I'm gonna roll with Memphis so it's just a gut feeling nice a, a vote for infrastructure I like that Chris who's your sixth team I have the Clippers 
Ooh, the Clippers. Okay. Yep. And and I am going to assume that we don't see Leonard at all this year. Wow. Okay. You like the Clippers in the top six, even without Kawhi. Do tell. Listen, Paul George showed, especially last year in the playoffs, except for one game uh, without Leonard, that he could be the man. And he was the man. He did everything. He shot from deep. He drove. He hit free throws. He got rebounds. He dished it. He was a, a man on the court last year. Um, and I think he'll continue to do that this year. He's still in his prime. A lot of people give him a lot of slack over the one game, but if we all remember the type of games he used to have for the Pacers back in the day, the type of way he'd play against LeBron when he was in Cleveland and Miami. All right, all right, I get it. Paul George love. I get it. All right. Yes. All right, Paul George love. I get it. That's fine. So I'm going to assume that you guys have the Warriors in your next four in your play-in scenario. Is that that, that true? No, no. We had... We had the Warriors together. Oh no, no, I'm the sorry, Mavericks. the Mavs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume you guys have the Mavs in your playing scenario. Excuse yes, me. yes, yes. All right, and then I have the Clippers and the Grizzlies in my playing scenario. All right, so Chris, do you have the Grizzlies in your playing scenario? Yes, and I also have. Uh... Oh, yeah, I. We'll I'm gonna guess, there. but I was about to get there. I guess we. I'm gonna guess we all three have the Blazers. Do we all three have the Blazers in the playing scenario? Yes, I well, I do. I do not. Ooh, Pete has the Blazers out of the playoffs. Go ahead, Pete. I I don't see it working this year. Like I'm not really high on them. They do a whole lot in the off season. Um, I'm not saying the Norman Powell Gary Trent trade didn't work, but not high on Portland at all. Not at all. All right, there we go. Well, I've got the Blazers. I've got the Clippers. The Grizzlies. And my final team, I'm going to hold off on. So, Chris, who does? And then you have the Blazers, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, and the Mavs. That's your play-in? Uh, uh, the Clippers are in the six. Oh, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. But- I have I have the Mavs. I have Memphis. I have Portland. And and I'm kind of going out on a little little limb here. Maybe, maybe you'll like this, Rod, but I got the Kings. Ooh, I had the Kings just outside. Yeah, I think I think the Kings will get there. I've got the I, wolves I, here. I've got the wolves here. I've got the wolves in the playing tourney. That's that's a reach. All right, Pete. Who do you got in your four playing slots? Okay, so seven to ten. I have the Clippers. I have Sacramento. I have New Orleans, and I have Dallas. Wow, New Orleans! But you guys both have the Kings in the playoffs. That is amazing. Yeah, I felt bad about it, Chris. I did. I felt bad about not having the Kings in the playoffs. They're my first team out, and I also have the Pels. I have the Pels fighting for the, for their lives to get in the playoffs. But I, I got the Wolves in there. I just I, I don't know. I like I like. Uh, here's what it is. I like the Tom Crean factor that's that's happening up in Minnesota. <laughs> all right. Anytime you have a player associated with Tom Crean, your basketball fortunes are going to go up. And Anthony Edwards was coached by Tom Crean. Tom Crean got his hands on him for one year turned him in to the number one draft pick. And then Tom Crean got a hold of him last year, talked to him a couple of times, settled him down, and Edwards lit the league on fire the second half of the year. Give me Minnesota. Carl Towns is one year out of all the COVID mess that dominated his life. D'Angelo Russell is not going to be expected to be the man anymore because of Edwards' presence, and he'll be fine as a three. Give me Minnesota. I don't know. That's a tough sell. Give me Kings then. Tell me why Kings. Tell me why the Kings. They haven't made the playoffs in 15 years, Chris. If they don't make the playoffs this year, they'll set a record across all professional sports for the longest drought. That's why I just don't see it happening. They got they got young talent that is 
that can really ball. Minnesota just has a horrible track record. I think, and like, listen, it's not quite the track record of not making the playoffs. Like, no fan like base have ineptitude that constantly happens up there. Just kind of blows my mind sometimes. And so, oh, and they're the picture of stability in Sacramento. I can't believe well, you just made that argument. No, it's been a little bit worse in Minnesota <laughs> lately. So, oh my goodness. All right, that's listen. That's good. I'll tell you what else though. The Pelicans. I mean. When is Zion Williams playing? When is our Zion Williamson playing? And also, I saw reports today that Zion was up over three bills in the offseason. So when's he going to be anywhere near conditioning time when he gets back? And who else am I supposed and, to like on that Pelicans team? Devontae Graham, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, please. And who's going to pass Zion the ball is what I'm wondering. Yeah, well, who knows? David Griffin is certainly hoping that the Pels can have a good year or he's going to be out of a job. Let's move over to the East. And let's go. Let's. I'm going to make a prediction here that we, I bet we do have five of the same six over in the East. Chris, how about you? Uh, I would only be willing to say four. That means you're getting crazy. I'm. I'm excited to hear this, Pete. What do you think? I say three. Wow. All right. Okay. Then I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real gentle with this one. Then I say there's no chance. I'm going to actually do two rounds of the chat. There's no way we don't have the Bucks and the Nets in our top six, right? Yep. Yep. All right, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the third right here. This is where it gets this is where it gets tricky. The 76ers. Do we have the 76ers? All three of us in our top six. No. Wow. Yes. All right, Pete, you're with me. You're saying all right. So Chris, you have the 76ers out. My goodness, we'll get there in a second. Okay, then Atlanta. Do we all have Atlanta in our top six? Yes. I have Atlanta. Yes. Okay. How about Miami? Do we all have Miami in the top six? Yes. Yes. How about Boston? Do we all have Boston up there? I do. No. Okay, so Pete's got Boston out, and Chris has the 76ers out. That's my top six right there. So, Chris, give me your two in place of the 76ers in Boston. No, I had Boston. Um, I had I had the Bucks, the Nets, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Heat, and the Bulls. The Bulls. Okay, so you and I have five of the same six. Okay, the Bulls. You got the Bulls in place of the Sixers. Pete, how about you? Who's your six? Indiana Pacers. Wow. The Pacers. You got the Pacers wow. in the top six, huh? So, Pete, that means you've got the Bucks, the Nets, the yes. 76ers, yep. the Pacers, the Heat, and the Hawks. I like that. I like that. Okay, I have the Pacers in the play-in bracket, but I had them just barely making the play-in. I have the Hornets, the Raps, and the Bulls in my play-in. Chris, who do you got? I have the Sixers. I have the Raptors. I have the Pacers. And I have the Knicks. The Knicks. See, I've got the Knicks and the Wizards out of the playoffs. I don't have Pete. Charlotte how about you? Thinking. Pete, how about you? Who's your Who's your playing? Uh, I have. I have Chicago. I have Charlotte. I have the Wizards, and I have the Knicks. Okay, you guys. I had the Knicks and the Wizards just on the outside. I. I'm going I'm to tell you this. I hope the Raps make the playoffs because I've got money in Vegas on the Raps as well. That's one of my other Vegas bets that all I have, all the Raps have to do is make the playoffs. So I got money on that. And then I also have money on Joel Embiid to be MVP. So I really need that to, that to pay off as well. But Tom Thibodeau, all right? Tom Thibodeau. We all love Tom Thibodeau for a while, and then we hate him, and he's a clown, and we throw him out of town. And I just happen to think that these NBA life cycles, they tend to go quicker the further on in a career somebody gets, right? So it went bad for Tibbs. 
after about three, maybe even four years with the Bulls, went bad after like two, two and a half with Minnesota. So I think clearly it's going to be a year, year and a half in New York. So give me the Knicks to be out of the playoffs all day long. Give me the Garden turning on the Knicks. Give me Julius Randle, Chris, your boy, having a complete fall-back-to-earth situation. I cannot believe Julius Randle now gets to retire with the second-team All-NBA on his resume. It's a friggin' travesty. Stupid COVID year. Give me the Knicks (laughs) to make out of the playoffs. Chris, go ahead. Whoa. Listen, this guy has shown nothing but huge upside since he came to the league. It's not his fault that the Lakers didn't use him or even use him correctly when they did. It wasn't his fault that he didn't get any type of real usage in New Orleans, and he still was able to play and succeed alongside AD. He's he's the man now in New York. He's showing what he can do. He's almost to a triple-double, which is crazy. And even if he regresses a little bit, he's still a guy that can go out and get you 25, 12, and 5. And I've got two is... words for you, Chris. Two words. Luol Dang. Remember how good Luol Dang was under Tom Thibodeau? Remember that? Did Luol Dang do anything for anybody else ever again in the NBA when Tom Thibodeau wasn't his coach? No, no. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, Randall's going to do anything after Thibodeau leaves New York or Randall leaves New York. I'm not going to say that. But this is only going to be his second year under Tibbs. And he's still a man, and he's been thriving in that role. He will still thrive for at least another year. That's why they make it into the play-ins. Well, listen, you have solidified your status as the vice president of the Julius Randle fan club. You don't have to worry about that. All the hate mail from the Julius <laughs> Randle fans can come at me because count me as somebody who doesn't believe in it or the Knicks or Tom Thibodeau. So, Pete, what do you have to say on the matter? Uh, me and you almost have the same opinion of the Knicks. I think Tibbs – his nickname should be Dead Legs because that's what his players get over the course of the season. And I'm assuming as a Bulls fan, Rod, you've seen that. So I don't believe in the Knicks. I think they overachieved last year, as did Atlanta. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm not buying into the Knicks at all. And I'm a Kentucky fan. I don't co-sign Julius Randle at all. That's the only thing I hate about him. I hate being <laughs> a Julius Randle fan because he played for Kentucky. I just hate it. But I can't deny talent. I was going to try so hard to not have that come up because I didn't want that to be a thing where Pete's a big Kentucky guy and I, I love him to death even so. And then we're two Hoosiers through and through. I just didn't want that to come up. So thanks, Chris. Well, it was bound to happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to skip over the MVP because we're going to have plenty of time to check back in on that as the year goes on. We're going to check in on basketball every once we'll in a while. The, on balls we'll, have the round, we'll have the round table. Again. Ooh, that's a good idea, Chris. Bring back that from 3 and D days. Have the NBA table and yep, talk we'll about guys who get table. to pull up a seat. That's right. That's a good idea. So let's do this then. Tell me who is going to play in the finals and who is going to win, and then we'll get out of here because Jimmy's going to be mad at us. We're running a little over, but this has been good content. Pete, you go first. You're the guest. Who do you got in the finals and who wins it? I got the Bucks and the Lakers, and I have the Bucks winning. Nice look at you. Love it. Shout out to Wu, our guy up in uh, Milwaukee, who was part of the NBA preview episode that got lost to the internet. So we'll try to get Wu back on at some point during the year. That's awesome, though, Pete. I love it. Chris, how about you? So I, too, have the Bucks coming out of the East. I don't think anybody is... Uh, you know, really, I don't think anybody's going to be able to challenge them. Maybe the Hawks, maybe the Heat. Um, but I don't see anybody else catching up to the Bucks this year. Um, out of the West, I have the Jazz. And I have the Jazz winning it all. 
Oh my God, that's that's one of the worst finals picks I've heard out of anybody in years. I cannot believe you just picked the Utah Jazz to win the NBA Finals. You were alive for the Carmelo John Stockton years. You've been around for yes. the Rudy Gobert years. Under what yes. circumstances have the Utah Jazz shown you that they have any mental fortitude to win playoff games? And this is going to be the year. They're going to stay healthy. Other teams aren't, and that's going to be the difference maker. Man, you are a contrarian sometimes just to be a contrarian, Chris. I swear to God you are, man. You and Kyrie are one and the same, a contrarian without a cause. Just a contrarian for the sake of being a contrarian. Sometimes. Oh, I'll tell you what. I like Pete's thought with the Bucks. I like the Bucks actually to dominate. I like the Bucks to just dominate this year. I like this year to just be a coronation where everybody started the year again talking about Kevin Durant. And, of course, we can't overlook LeBron James, and I'm not for overlooking LeBron James ever. But I think Giannis is just going to remind people, hey, remember when I scored 50 points in a finals game that mattered? Do you remember that? I just think Giannis is going to run roughshod over the league. The Bucks are deep. The Bucks care about regular season wins. I think Milwaukee is going to go back-to-back, and I think they are going to beat the Denver Nuggets. I think Jamal Murray is going to come back late in the year to a Nuggets team that's already going to be rolling and add some serious firepower because we've seen Jamal Murray go nuts in playoff games before as well. Wow, the Nuggets. So you're going to have the Denver Nuggets versus the Milwaukee Bucks. You're going to have a place like Milwaukee where it's tough to get liquor after a certain hour of night versus a town in, or a state in Colorado where you can buy weed legally. I'm pretty sure you can buy mushrooms there now too. There you go. So, but nothing like a, <laughs> nothing like the huge markets in Milwaukee and Denver representing the NBA in the finals when everybody thought it was going to be the Lakers and the Nets. Yeah, so who wins? You think the Bucks will win? I think the Bucks are going back-to-back. I think the Bucks are going to win like 65, 66 games. That's a lot of games. I think the Bucks are just going to dominate, man. I mean, I think they'll they'll have a tough time with the Nets in the playoffs because as much as I don't want the Nets to win and as much as it pains me to do that because I think Steve Nash is a great classy guy and an NBA legend, but it just I I'm bummed out that he's the coach of that Nets team that I just utterly despise. So, but there's there's no there's no doubt the Nets are going to have something to say about this, but nobody on this podcast picked them to win and I appreciate that. Well, listen, it's this We've seen this story before. It's the same team, essentially, they had an OKC, and they couldn't get anything done there either. Why should Harden and Durant get it done now? I want to see Westbrook go to that Nets team, right? Like the, the Russell Westbrook tour continue after it flames out in L.A. this year. Bring all three of those guys back <laughs> together on Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, That's full circle. Kind of close to the Stefan Marbury uh, farewell tour, right? <laughs> Nice. There we go. I love it. Chris says full circle as we're about to end the podcast, and Pete gives us a great Stefan Marbury shout-out. I think there's no higher note we can go out on an NBA preview podcast. Pete Bird, my man, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad we got to redo this, and uh, you, uh, you've you proved yourself very formidable in the NBA arena, my friend. We'll have you back on anytime you want to come on. All right. Thanks for having me, man. I had a lot of fun, and I uh, can't wait to watch the season. So thanks again, and shouts out to you guys, and shouts out to Woo, too. That's right. We'll get Wu back on at some point. Father Pete coming up soon as well. We've got an interview scheduled with Father Pete happening uh, next week. Chris, I'll get with you offline to see if you'll be able to join us for that one or not. I would hope so because Father Pete always enjoys chopping it up with you as well. So that's coming down the pipe. And uh, we've got NFL picks coming up. But, uh, Chris, you will uh, you will not be able to join us this week for the NFL picks. So I guess this is your final word for the week here. Goodbye, Internet.